I'm Jay Pitts, a real estate broker, agent, leader, and investor. For the last decade, I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource, and Real Talk About Real Estate starts right now. We're back, folks, and with another episode of Resource Real Talk about Louisville real estate. I am your host, Jay Pitts. I hope you're doing well. Hope you had a wonderful holiday season. We were gone for a little hiatus. It was our intent to do one more episode. Unfortunately, life happens, um, as we all know. So, how, what better way to end 2020 than with like a swing and a whiff at a curveball on the outside corner? But Needless to say, we are back today. We are super excited. We, um, and, and, you know, we're doing something a little different today, something we've never done on resource. And, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it is, it, it is long overdue. Long overdue that we would have essentially, you know, the same kind of cadence that, the podcast you grow and love, uh, have grown to love that they have, you know, we take ourselves seriously here, maybe sometimes too serious as, uh, you know, some, some of my faithful agents here, here at Remax premier properties would tell me, but that's, that's neither here nor there. And, you know, I'm a fan of podcasts. I listen to quite a few of them. And what I've noticed is that all the great ones, they have some of the same processes uh, they end the year with, you know, the famous host that gets to take all the time off and they have guest hosts and they do best of recordings. And you might see this on your favorite, you know, television show, etc. But, um, you know, w- so we're a little late to do a year in review and I'm not going to, to be quite honest, despite all the good that happened in 2020, and maybe that's a contrarian viewpoint, but uh, a lot of good happened in my life in 2020. There was a lot to be thankful for, a lot of growth, you know, a lot of positive that came away from 2020. But I'm not going to do a review because I know I think that would be slightly insensitive for those that had serious hardship. Of course, we all know that there was serious hardship in the world in 2020. So here we are in, on January 6th. Uh, you know, I'm set to give my third annual team retreat tomorrow where JT Pitts and Associates and all of our agents, we get together, we finalize our projection for our goals for the year, or I should say our projections. I don't like the word goals, frankly. Uh, I don't like them because I think they're too speculative. I like the word projections. I like the word intentions. Um, We intend to do business a certain way. We intend to do a certain amount of business. Um, and we're going to take the actions necessary to produce those results. So, uh, what? But that doesn't mean that we don't have an imagination here. So, what I notice in a lot of my favorite podcasts, um, the host will pro- take the opportunity early in the year to prognosticate what is to come in the year that has just begun. And I think you know, there's a, th- a few things that we talk about relatively often here on the show. Um, number one, it's the Louisville real estate market. 
Um, so I've got some predictions for you today. But, you know, we're going to have some fun and we're going to talk about some national topics. I mean, we, we get a little heady. We get a little, um, you know, head in the clouds from time to time and talk, you know, market trends based on economics, both macro and, and microeconomics, uh, trends that we're seeing, et cetera. And kind of part of my job, frankly, within these four walls here at REMAX is to help our agents prepare for the market they're going to encounter. And, you know, frankly, you know, politics, um, you know, economic news, trends, things like that really do have an impact. Okay. This year, obviously the coronavirus pandemic, we had, you know, a dip in the overall economy. We had, you know, a somewhat V-shaped recovery for certain industries. Certain industries have not seen a recovery whatsoever. So we're going to get into that. And I'm going to bring you five, five prognostications, five projections, five predictions. That's not 15. That's just five. All of those in one. Uh, just, just rolling down the thesaurus with synonyms there. Okay. So let's get into it. What's number one. And in no particular order, this is not an order of importance. Um, these are just, you know, kind of as they came to me. So let's start with the Louisville real estate market. Um, probably the reason why most of you tune in is, is, you know, I've been known to sell a house or two in this area. And those of you that are meant that are members of this office, you know, uh, whether you like it or not, you get to hear my opinion fairly, fairly often. So let's take a look at the year, very simply high level. Uh, let's, let's take a look at what 2020 brought us 1800 and 18,000, excuse me, 790 closed units in the Louisville MLS for the year of 2020. Okay. That, accounted for 4,708,951,690 in volume or an average of $251,000 per house. So your average sales price, if it's more than 250, you're exceeding the average sales price for the market. If your average is less than 250, you are lagging the average price point. Now we all understand, hopefully, the difference between, uh, m you know, mean and median, or average and median. Okay, median sale price is something that might be a little more indicative of where the market is. Certain price points have sale have higher volume of sales, higher count of sales, which leads to you know a skewing of the averages, but. For simplicity, simplicity, let's just say two hundred and fifty-one thousand is your average price for the market. Now, you know, it was an interesting. It was interesting the way we arrived at that. Okay, um, we, you know, we we started the year pretty well. Okay, we had you know a slow end to twenty nineteen in terms of new listings come to market. That kind of created what was in keeping with the three month supply trend that we have seen for the years of. Probably the end of 2017, then the years, the full years of 18 and 19 leading up to this year. Okay, so slow winter new listings. Totally fine. Not, not, nothing to see here, right? And we started off the year um, with brisk sales, right? Brisk sales. Um, but there was, there was a deficit between early 2020 and early 2019, um, that was 
uh, eclipsed, finally, the 2019 numbers were eclipsed about the time, mar- early March, that uh, the coronavirus pandemic kind of became a thing, right? So obviously we went in a hole and had a steep, steep trough where sales kind of shut down for a period of time, right? Um, and, you know, listings dried up as well. So it was interesting to see supply and demand both stall out, Um obviously very quickly after uh, the coronavirus pandemic became a thing, we saw uh, a return of pending sales. Pending sales picked up. We had that V-shaped recovery. And we continued to operate at a deficit of total closed sales um, for the balance of the year until almost at the very end. And listings just never really recovered. So let me give you some numbers, okay? And then I'll make my prediction based on the Louisville market. Um, and I want you all to mark it down and hold me accountable because in December of 2021, I'll be on this mic taking my victory lap or I'll be taking my 40 lashes with a wet noodle, um, as my grandmother would say, or my whatever my punishment is, uh, mocking and scorn, totally fine, Um you know, when you put yourself out here, when you put your voice on this mic, when you face the camera and tell people what you think is going to happen, you know, you accept the consequences regardless of whether they're good or bad. So, um, again, listings never recovered, and we closed out the year in core markets. Now, this is not a full MLS number, and I apologize for kind of making a slight apples and oranges comparison, but um, I track core areas to my business that make up, I would say 90% of the sales in the Louisville market. Okay. So it's not exact. Don't, don't try to recreate my numbers, but through those nine MLS areas that we track, the MLS underperformed 2019 in terms of new listings to market by 1,329 properties as of the end of 2020. So all of 2020, 1,300 and 29 fewer properties came to market. Now, with a steep increase in um, with a steep increase in sales towards the end of the year, what we ended up with was 1109 more sales in 2020 in these core markets than in 2019. So the combination of 1,300 fewer properties to market and 1,100 more sales means that we essentially cut our absorption rate in half. We went from a three-month supply rolling into the new year, or a three-month supply at the beginning of the year, rolling into 2021, the new year, with, a, with a, an absorption rate of 1.5 months. Incredibly disparate. It's hard for me to tell you how disparate that is, how impactful that is. And so herein lies my predict, my prediction. The Louisville real estate market as a whole that sold 18,790 properties for $4.7 billion or an average of $251,000 will increase an in average sales price to 275000 in 2021, an increase of 25000 fairly substantial increase for a volume of north of $5 billion, an increase in $300 million worth of sales, basically based on price appreciation alone. Now, in addition to that, 
I am going to predict that the market will have 4% fewer transaction sides or a decrease of another 610 sales. So let's just be very, very general. 275000 market-wide average sales price. Increase of more than $300 million to top $5 billion plus in sales on seven, 600 fewer sales. 18180 to be exact. So you're going to see an increase in price combined with a decrease in units arrive at a higher sales volume. Now, we can talk at length about why I think that's going to happen. Okay, part of it is the things I've been telling you on this podcast for the entire year. Sellers are reticent to bring an aging seller population. Sellers are reticent to bring their homes to the market because of the pandemic. Sellers, you know, are following the trend with cheap money for renovate and age in place. People are adding additions to their homes. Uh, new construction has been slow to rebound. I do believe that 2021 will mark the year where, where new construction once again states, shows, uh, you know, proves that it is a viable force in our local market. But it, it's going to be slow to develop. And you're going to see the majority of the new construction take hold in 2022. Now, I could predict that the market's going to stay good for a few more years, but we're talking one year at a time. So once again, another sharp increase in average sales price to 275, north of 5 billion in sales on 600 fewer sales or a 4% decrease, um, market down. I'm on the record, rubber stamped, can't take it back. Mock, mock me mercilessly if I'm wrong, but if you look back at the end of the year and I'm doing an end zone dance, all you got to do is throw me a fist bump. All right, number two, REMAX Premier Properties, my in-house brokerage. I know we have listeners from other brokerages. Most of my agents listen, I would say. They, they like to use it to find ways to pick, pick and poke fun at me, but that's okay. Um, like I said, broad shoulders, I can take the criticism. Remax Premier Properties ended the year with 942 sales for a volume of 216,456 216 million. Dude, I'm trying to like shortchange this already. 216,456,671 in volume on 942 sales. I am going to predict that Remax Premier Properties will close $275 million in sales in 2021. We will go north of 1,000 sales. Um, you might say, Jay, that's a greater increase in volume than it is in units. You would be right. But um, it's because I think we're going to ride that wave of increased sales prices. Um, basically, 1,000 sales would put us at 275 which is the average that I just predicted for you. So ding, 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 you'll follow in my logic here. Okay, so the great thing about our office, okay, we used to be the most productive office in the region for REMAX, which basically means a productive office or a productive agent is, or a productive office, excuse me, is, is 
transactions or volume per agent. Now, we've grown substantially to near 80 agents, a, bu a bunch of that growth. We're, we've doing the, we're doing the what you call the double-double, except it's a double-double-double the last three years, right? You go from you know, 15 to 30 to 60 you know, or 20 to 40 to 80. Um, I, I'm not predicting that we double again because 160 is not where we, where we really are looking to be. But it wouldn't surprise me to see us go north of 100 agents in the next 12 months. Um, you know, remember, if you're a listener here a long time, there is no number that is right for me in terms of number of agents. I want all of the right ones and none of the wrong ones. That's the truth, right? No energy-sucking vampires, okay? No complainers, no whiners. I want people who want to create the exact business that fits their life, and I want to help them do it. Because that's what it's about for me. You know, I have been in their shoes. I have been, you know, a brand new agent with nothing, nothing but hope uh, and drive. I have been an agent that has sold more than anyone in the marketplace and had no quality of life. I have been, you know, a new father, a new husband, you know, someone struggling to find balance and create the life they want. And that's what really gets me excited. It's what gets behind me behind this microphone every week. It's what gets me to come in this office every day. So once again, all of the right ones, I don't care if it's a thousand, none of the wrong ones. And if that leaves me with two, I'm okay. Right? So anyway, once again, uh, from 942 sales, and 216 million in volume to 275 million north of 1,000 sales. North of 1,000 will be easy. To be quite honest, I think we'll be higher than 275. But I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna rubber stamp that prediction right now. Number two, Seth in the books. Okay. Number three. Now this one's gonna come um, maybe as a surprise to some of you, and maybe not. So let's talk interest rates. Okay, you want to you want to figure out what drove us to these the, this possible this growth possibility this year? Two words: interest rates. Rates dropped. We have an we have a substantial inflation problem. Okay, it's not going to get solved in one year, right? So, and I don't think this is the year where for the snapback either. So we started 2019 with an average Freddie Mac 30-year fixed rate mortgage rate of 3.72%, 3.72%. As of this morning, on January 6, 2021, average 30-year fixed rate, Freddie Mac mortgage rate, 2.67%. Ridiculous. I am going to predict that this time next year, we're staring at 2.5%. Okay. Now, you might say, Jay, that's not very much. You would be right. It's only an eighth. However, or slightly more than an eighth of a decrease, I think it says something really serious that rates don't increase from and, and increase substantially from 2.67%. I think this is my most risky prediction I'm making. Okay, It has widespread implications. Now, the people that run our economy, they're not stupid. Now, they may be reckless. That's a whole nother argument. Uh, they may be good, honest people. I doubt it. But good, honest people dealing with very difficult, complex situations and complex problems and trying to solve them 
by moving individual variables. You ever seen the guy that's producing music that has all the knobs, right? Like the 8,000 knobs. Um, they, they have to move one knob at a time, okay? And that, that may be the people with their finger on the pulse of our economy, right? And, and understanding the fallout from any one move is near impossible. So I just seem to think that based on inflation that we have no choice. Hands are tied. Monetary policy will require that interest rates stay low, if not even go down, because we don't have an answer for the inflation problem. We're going to walk right up to that cliff before we solve that problem. And so that means that um, you know, a slight and slow easing of interest rates is probably not in the cards. Once again, interest rates started at 372, dropped in 2020 to 267. I think they're going to drop further to 2.5. Book it, rubber stamp, can't take it back. All right, number four, Get, have some fun here. So right now, the Dow sits at 30,887 as of this morning. The beginning of uh, 2020, it was at 28.7. It dropped to a bottom of 18.5 in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic kind of quarantine time frame, early April. I don't remember the exact date. Uh, I'm going to go on record and say the Dow will finish 2021 with another 10% gain north of 33,000. Which, that's pretty inconceivable as well. But once again, I think the people that run our economy, the people that run our government, have found a way amidst a slower, smaller GDP to keep to increase the Dow from a trough of 18.5 to a near doubling in eight months. They're going to find a way to prop it up for the next 12 months. Because once again, this is not the year for the snapback. You know, I don't know what we're going to encounter. Once again, you know, any predictions I would have made in January of 2020 would probably be completely irrelevant today with the year that we've experienced. But I'm going to say, you know, without, you know, hoping, hoping and praying uh, that that we don't have another world-altering event in the next 12 months, that we get to 33,000 on the Dow, slightly above, maybe between 33 and 34. For I'm going to call it, you know, rubber stamp it at 10%. 10% increase from today, mark it down. To go along with that, and I'm going to say this is a, this is a, this is a, uh, split number four. I mean, you can call it six predictions, but we're going we're gonna to do five. Um, and I'm going to call this as a part of number four as well. Bitcoin. Those of you out there um, that follow Bitcoin, those of you out there that have no clue what I'm talking about, but you've seen it, um, I would suggest you set up a Google alert for the term Bitcoin and just read, read the stuff that hits your email inbox every morning. It's quite interesting. Anyway, this time... 2019, Bitcoin traded, which obviously is cryptocurrency, right? It's the most, most it's, the, it's the crypto du jour, right? The industry standard, the, probably not the longest running, but the most popular, right? Uh, the one with the most intriguing backstory, right? It was sitting at 7,700. One digital coin 
transferred at $7,700 this time last year. Okay. It now sits at 34.8. I can't even do Seth. 500% increase. Huh? Three, it's at three, we're 350. What, what is it? 350%? 350% growth. I guess I don't know how to do math. 350, oh yeah, okay, well, seven to 35 would have been, yeah, devil's in the details, right? So 350% increase amidst a worldwide pandemic. Why would that be? Well, inflation is one of them. Bitcoin is um, truly, truly rare. It is finite. It has a fixed supply the way a gold-backed currency has a fixed supply. So once again, um, people are saying Bitcoin is going to correct. It might. It probably will. Um, but I'm still going to predict that it closes 2021 north of 40 thousand. Some people are saying it could go as high as 156. I've seen 134. Chase, uh, JP Morgan Chase just came out with a projection of 134,000 in the next three years. I'm going to predict 40,000. So it'll correct, right? It'll come down. It'll go from 34.8 or wherever it is. It's probably up like another 500 in the last five minutes since I checked. But, um, I'm going to say that it probably corrects, and you know this isn't a prediction, but my guess is a 20% correction is probably in order, okay? 20% correction, that, that, is, that is substantially less than the correction to 7,700 from the 2018 run-up, okay? But what you're going to see is a correction from 34,000, probably down 20%. That's, you know, 6,000 more or less, you know, 7,000 more or less that it would drop, to 27, 28, which, which if, if you know anybody that owns Bitcoin, they were doing literally the happy dance, somersault, you know, crazy, crazy, like mind blown kind of uh, act about a week ago when it hit 25,000 for the first time. So I'm going to say 28,000 is the correction, and then it's going to shoot back up to 40,000 before the end of the year. That is pretty much the end of my my serious prognostication, and I'm just going to say for number five, Tesla is going to re release the Cybertruck. It will hit my driveway before the end of 2021, and it will be bad ass. That is my prediction. Marcy, if you're in the next room watching the podcast, I know you're laughing at me. Yes, I know it looks like the Mars Rover. Okay, yes, I know a lot of you think it's bougie. That's okay, right? But I will say this, and let's just, let's just tie it all back together, okay? As we're sitting here talking about the stock market, I didn't make a Tesla stock price prediction, um, but they're sitting at an all-time high of 771 today. Well, excuse me, hold on. 771 currently... It looks like it got up to 786 and dropped down to 771. Still an all-time daily high with a P.E. ratio of 1,475. So for those of you that don't know the stock market, and I don't know it well, um, I, just, I just know what I can read, uh, what I can Google. But a P.E. ratio is quite simple. It's like any ratio. 
price to earnings. When you know what the P stands for and you know what the E stands for, it's pretty simple. You take the price of the stock and you divide it by the earnings, right? Basically, it means how valuable is the stock in relation to its earnings? How inflated is the price of the stock? Okay, so for reference, let's let's take a blue chip. Let's let's not even take a blue chip. Let's take a high so tech stocks are typically high PE ratio stocks. Apple, for example. Apple, the the most valuable company in the world, I think. Um, it goes back and forth, but let's say Apple is the most valuable company in the world. It, it certainly is up there. The PE ratio is 39, 39. That means the stock price trades at 39 times the earnings. Tesla is at 1475. I have to own a piece of the company capable of touching a 1475 PE ratio. Like Seth, I don't even know what to tell you, dude. Like Facebook is at a 30. Once upon a time, Facebook was worth north of billions, multiple billions of dollars and pre-revenue. And they never hit a 1475 PE ratio. Okay? Zillow Group doesn't even qualify for a PE ratio based on market cap. Disney They're in flux. I can't get a market cap. Let's see if we got one. Yeah, we don't have one at Churchill Downs. Starbucks. Starbucks is at 132. That's a high PE. Okay. Apple's at 39. Tesla's at 1475. The Cybertruck being built in a new 200 acre complex in Texas called the Gigafactory. I mean, like, it's just next level. And I'm sorry if the guy smoked weed on Joe Rogan, but like, Elon Musk is not of this world, and I just got to see what he's going to do. So, uh, predictions in review, Seth. Increase of average sales price to 275000 north of $5 billion. Decrease in units by 600 sales in the Greater Louisville Association. Remax Premier Properties will go north of 275 million on north of of 1,000 sales. Interest rates are going to drop between a quarter and an eighth to close the year at two and a half on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage by Freddie Max. Okay, we got to hold me accountable here by Freddie Max website. A Bitcoin is going to go to 40,000 probably after a 20% correction. The Dow is going to close at north of 33 with a 10% increase, and there will be a Cybertruck in my garage at the end of 2021. Market down, rubber stamped. Mock and scorn is welcome. If you disagree with me, um, look, I appreciate you guys listening. And in all seriousness, I, I kind of got, got a little out there today. But, um, you know, you need to follow this stuff. You need to follow some of it, all the Tesla side, but I mean, you should know what a PE ratio is. But um, I really, really appreciate all of your loyalty and listening. We've got, we've, we've, you know, got our year in numbers, and it's pretty, uh, it's pretty humbling to see with the number of downloads we have um, that you guys really actually cared what I have to say that much. So I, I appreciate you joining in. I, pr- I promise it's going to be a fun year in real estate in Louisville. It's going to be a fun year listening to this podcast. Uh, I hope I'm getting better at this. I've been doing it a while, but this is the first year I've done it on my own uh, in terms of uh, on-air mic talent, etc. I hope I'm getting better, less ums and ahs. As always, 
if you like what we have to say, click that subscribe button wherever you podcast. Uh, iTunes is probably where most of you are. Five star reviews. We don't like four star. I will. I will. Uh, if I know you and you gave me a four star, I will ask you why it wasn't five. And I will ask you if you've already <laughs> submitted a five star review. How about another one? I don't know if it counts, but I'm willing to try. Um, you can find us on on social if you're not a member of our private Facebook group. Uh, you know how to find me. Just reach out and I'll add you. I appreciate you. Uh, five-star reviews. We'll be back next week. Um, hold me to these, project, the, these predictions. I'm pretty excited about where this goes. Once again, Jay Pitts, host of Resource Real Talk about Louisville Real Estate, broker owner of REMAX Premier Properties. We'll see you soon.